Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Work in Progress podcast. Today, we're, we're going to talk about what your first weeks or months might look like starting a, a new position. Yeah, so, so I know Min just started a new position somewhere, uh, myself. Uh, I started a new position somewhere. So I think we're probably going through very similar experiences. And I guarantee you that no matter where you are in your career, you're probably experiencing the same thing, uh, jumping uh, into a new role. For a lot of people starting new positions, I think there's certainly a lot of anxiety that comes in with that. Yeah, it's probably uh, tied to unknowns. Like you don't know what you're getting into. You don't know what the personalities are going to be like that you're going to be interacting with on a day to day. If, if whatever you're used to, uh, assuming you're coming from a different position, if their processes are going to be somewhat similar or completely different, like there's, there's just a ton of questions, right? Uh, let's, let's try to dispel some of that anxiety with, you know, some, some things that you think might, might be common, no matter where you go, like what, what are some things that we need to start uh, you know, just just be able to count on right off the bat. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think I like to sort of start with the the interview process. You know, uh, hopefully during the interview process, you met a couple of people that you are now actually working with. Um, I know sometimes that sometimes that's not the case. I think it's getting more and more common where you're actually meeting the team or at least meeting the manager. Uh, having a common face or just somebody that you can say, oh, hey, hi, nice to see you again. That's uh, that's really, really helpful, you know, and at least for me, I tend to uh, I tend to latch on like that. I like, find the first person that I recognize and I'm like, hey, I'm working now. How's it going? <laughs> so we, we hired you. What? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's a very good point. Uh, you know, the so, familiarity is very, very much an anchor point for, for anything you do. Right. Um, if you can find something that's it's in this case, like Min said, it's probably someone you already spoke to during the interview process. Uh, just talk to them and sort of figure out, you know, what, what a day looks like. You know, they, they may or may not have time to talk to you about it, but at the very minimum, it starts a conversation and they could just point you in the right direction and go, go chat with whomever you need to. Um, and for the most part, I would probably assume that most companies have some sort of onboarding process for, uh, for, for when you start, generally it's all the HR stuff, right? Like, bring in your, your I nine stuff, bring in, <laughs> I don't know, just getting all the, the paperwork done essentially, yeah. because yeah, I've not run into a position where my first one, two, three days isn't fill out this paperwork, go, go, go look over the benefits, go sign up for your benefits, yeah. uh, set up, set up your machine, uh, and all that stuff. Um, and generally that's, that's, you know, intermixed with me actually meeting people. Yeah. Um, of course, that changes with uh, the work from home culture. <laughs> right, right, right. You're not going to be in office meeting people. So it, it can get a little confusing as to what's supposed to be happening when you're working from home. Yeah. I, I sort of just want to ask you, dude, 
did you get your machine day one? So this position and the position that I had before, I actually got my machine like a week in advance. And I don't think the expectation was that I set it up before day one, but me being me, I did it anyways, because I just, I like to get going. Um, but that's not to say there's companies out there that'll have your machine ready from the get go, right? Like it wholly depends on the company. Yeah. I guess what would you do if you, uh, didn't have a machine ready on day one <laughs> or maybe uh, your accounts aren't set up. Right. Right. I, you know, that's going to be very business, uh, context specific. Uh, my, my go-to would probably be just to reach out to whoever, uh, was handling all the paperwork or the, my point of contact prior to hiring, right? Uh, it could be the recruiter. The recruiter might know who to speak to from from the get-go and go talk to your recruiter, go talk to your manager that I would assume interviewed you <laughs> at some point or uh, anyone else you might have, have a, a contact with uh, through email who works at the company. Um, at, the, at the minimum, again, they could point you in the right direction. Yeah. I always I always recommend like if you if you can reach out to some of the people uh, like your manager especially and get uh, get time on their calendar to meet up. Most places I feel like as part of their onboarding will will make time like that very first day or at least the very first week. But make sure that you have that on your calendar. It's one of those really easy things that you can just make sure happens. And it also gives you a little bit of an in to, to make sure that, you know, you have some of the core accounts set up and you're not just sitting there. I, I actually started a job like uh, a few years ago at this point that um, I didn't even have an email ready to go. So day <laughs> one, yeah, day one, I had a computer that I was supposed to be able to log into using my email, but I had no email. And, oh, and so like that was an awkward experience. I think I just ended up walking around that first day, made a cup of coffee, um, <laughs> met some random people in the kitchen and was like, hi, hey, remember me? I interviewed. <laughs> or I'm meeting you for the first time. I work here, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> don't call security. Yeah, don't call security. <laughs> yeah, no, and you know, that's, I, I don't know how common that is, but it, one one thing you could do to sort of mitigate that entire awkward moment is during your interview process, go ahead and ask, uh, you could probably just ask every single person that interviews you, like, what's my first few days look like? Like, what should I be prepared for? Um, and that, that puts it in the back of their mind to, to, to you know, potentially put together a, a checklist for you, right? Yeah. And you can go a step further and say, here's my personal checklist of what I, I'm expecting. How does this align up? How does this align with you guys? You know, And if they don't have one, they may well just work off of what you prepared. <laughs> but you know, one thing I want to point out too, and um, I'm, I'm going to make a shout out to, to my former, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna call him my team lead. I don't think that was actually his official title, but he, he was my de facto team lead, Jeff. Uh, I know you're listening. Um, thank you for, for the idea of coming up with my own, you know, onboarding checklist because companies may not have that onboarding checklist for you ready to go. And, you know, of course it was, it's easy for me to come up with one because I've been doing this for years. Uh, but if you can come up with sort of what you expect within the first week and that'll give you a, 
some guardrails to operate in just off the bat. So if at any moment you feel lost, you can say, I haven't, I haven't checked in with HR about my benefits or, or I haven't checked in with my, my manager on setting up access to, to GitHub or what have you, you know, it gives you something to start a, a starting point. And I think that's super important and it's helpful because you can take this checklist with you everywhere you go. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a, a really, really good uh, idea. Um, having that checklist could also uh, just help you feel comfortable and and uh, like you're moving in the right direction the first couple of weeks, right? I know there's a lot of places they have um, they they have kind of a cultural things, cultural norms like you're going to be committing code in the first few days, or mm -hmm. you know you're you're going to be expected to submit your first ticket in in the first week or something like that. And and I think like just having something to reference and then and then slot items into is is uh, better than just walking in empty-handed, you know? Yeah, yeah. And you know, I I'll, I'll throw this out there for for folks who may not have the experience to come up with their own checklist. I'll I'll put mine up, my personal one up on on GitHub somewhere, and I'll, I'll make sure to link it in the uh, uh, the web uh, the the podcast notes, so that way you can reference it uh, yourself in the future. Um, Feel free to take it, make it yours. I don't care. It's it's just a starting point. It's a work in progress. Yeah. And here's the thing: you're gonna go through. You have your own processes. You have your own, uh, you know, habits that you you've sort of built up. Uh, you know, whether that's just even setting up your your machine. You you have, uh, you know, settings that you like. You have workflows that you like, and. You know, of course, a lot of it can be automated when it comes to, <laughs> to your work environment, but um, it, it's it's going to change over time. And the beauty of version control here is <laughs> you yeah. can make changes to it. Uh, so I, I'm I'm going to encourage everyone to you know start making it a habit of tracking the things that you do when you first start uh, a new job because odds are it's not going to be the last time. And it's probably great if you can just jump into the next role, knowing exactly what you want to focus on uh, from day one. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that that's great advice. Uh, I know a lot of people are building their own GitHub profiles and everything. One of the most surprising things I never see in uh, in people's personal GitHubs, uh, bash profiles or, uh, or, or setup scripts like that, you know? Uh, uh, I'm... <laughs> I'm one of those people who don't have one. Yeah, well, you know what? Like, I am too. I, I just have it, like, floating around somewhere. I, I don't exactly remember where I keep it, but it's basically your bash profile, you know? You, mm -hmm. after a while, you've got some preferences for what your terminal looks like, your environment looks like. Uh, that's the perfect kind of thing to, to carry between jobs, you know? Uh, it shows a high, high level of just technical competency. If day one... Or, or day two, you've already got like an entire environment set up the way you like, you know, terminals yeah. the way you like it, uh, your bash profiles, your environment variables and everything set the way you like. That's great. And that's kind of one of those things that you can have on your checklist, you know. That's also something that you can consider before you leave your current job. Uh, because, right. you know, after about a year or so, your, uh, your profile starts to look a little bit different, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I, I know there's there's going to be folks out there who are, who are asking why why do I need that if I'm working on my own laptop right I think there's uh, 
for for a lot of companies I've worked for, they send you a machine. It's it's technically their machine, and so they don't want you working on your own personal machine. They want all the work, all the IP on on their devices, um, and so that's that's sort of why have having your 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 environment set up, your dot files, your bash profiles, settings, what whatever, uh, in in GitHub somewhere, so that way you can just pull it down and generate your environment just as fast, right? Yeah. Um, that's, you know, that's that's why we're advocating for for keeping track of these things for those cases. Yeah, yeah. I guess like uh, changing topics a little bit, um, going away from necessarily just first couple of days starting up, uh, what goes through your mind when you are starting a new job? Like what, what actually, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? Okay, so... I, I know there's there's primarily two train two schools of thought about this particular topic I'm about to, to talk about here is I don't know what I don't know right like my environment my machine uh, whatever benefits I want I, I have an idea in my head but when it comes to business context I need to start building that up. And I'm the type of person who is going to inject myself into meetings wherever I can to start absorbing information. Uh, I know there's other folks out there uh, who will also do the same, but instead of just sitting and absorbing information, they're just gonna spit fire questions to everyone, right? Whether or not it makes sense <laughs> in, for, for that meeting or for whatever space they're in, but they're gonna just start spit firing questions. Um, <laughs> I, I can only speak about, you know, my personality. I absorb information because I don't want to necessarily throw other people off of uh, their trains of thoughts because seeing their thoughts from start to be the, the beginning to end uh, as they speak it within context of whatever meeting that I injected myself in is important. I don't want to derail that meeting. Even even if you know there's burning questions inside of me yeah. uh, about trying to understand what led up to this meeting and all that stuff, um, my my experience is is there's a time and place to ask these questions. Uh, there's onboarding meetings, endless onboarding meetings mm -hmm. to build <laughs> that context and to start asking questions. Yeah, um, and the the reason I inject myself into meetings is because uh, I start building higher level pieces uh, of, of the, the business model, right? Mm -hmm. And those onboarding meetings, I won't even know about those unless I'm, I was in those, the, that meeting. And so I won't even know to ask about them or how to, how to get there. Right. And, you know, take, take the, the route of not even going into those meetings and just hanging out in the regular old onboarding meetings that are scheduled by your manager, your team lead, your mm -hmm. other engineers they'll start from the the basics, right? Like here's here's our repo, here's here's our web page, here's our app, whatever. Yeah. Here's how they all connect to each other. Uh, here's how, you know, the API communicates with the database, blah, 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 blah. And my, my problem then is like, I don't know what else to ask, right? I don't right. have anything to reach for beyond, okay, here's the building blocks. Here's a very high level overview yeah. of what the company is actually doing. Uh, okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I, my, my biggest problem is I don't know what questions to ask. 
And we think that's a, a hard one to, to sort of figure out without, yeah. you know, having a personality that just spits fires questions, regardless of what we <laughs> Yeah, I sort of like that. I, I sort of like that perspective, you know. I I sort I I think about it as getting a lay of the land. That's that's kind of how I think. Um if you if you've played any of those games like StarCraft or whatever, there's like the fog of war. You can't really see everything that's going on. I always think it's really important to to do just that. Explore it. Where are you, you know? Where is the enemy coming from? Maybe maybe not think about it in terms of enemies, but <laughs> You know, where are you positioned? Where are your uh, where are your neighbors? Who who are you working uh, close with? Who are you not going to work close with? Um, just where are these relationships? I like uh, and to your point, that's one of those times where it's really good to to you know know what your preference is. Um, are you going to spitfire questions, or are you going to attend? Try to attend strategic meetings and figure and and use that to build up your context. Um, for me, there's there's kind of two main goals that I, I try to accomplish. One is is that first one, getting a lay of the land and understanding where I am positioned within that. Uh, number two that's really important is I want to start establishing relationships. Uh, the number one relationship I focus on, first and foremost, my boss, my manager. So that if I don't get a one-on-one -on -one with my boss within that first day, I will at least make sure I get it within the first week. And within that first conversation, I'm talking about things like, yep, I have a plan of action to get moving, to get rolling. And then I always make sure I ask this question, what do you expect from me? What would you like to see from me this week, the, uh, tomorrow, next week, uh, whatever time frame you you need answers for? And I try to keep that top of mind because what I'm, the way I think about it is I, regardless of structure or, or formality or anything like that, I want to know definitively that I'm going to deliver everything that they expect of me in the first day, first week or two weeks or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. I, I think it's important. I, I like what you're getting at. Get that one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, because that sets the expectation of, of you know, getting the one-on-one -on -one started. Because I think in our, our previous episodes, uh, having one-on-ones is important to mitigating burnout, to make sure you're heard, make sure any concerns you might have uh, are being addressed. But it's mm -hmm. also a place for, for, you know, criticism and praise, right? Uh, all of that's important. And I'm not going to get into it here because we've covered some of it. <laughs> um, but it's, it's also important because you are ensuring that you you are, are are getting their expectations on what success looks like right there's nothing worse than feeling like like not not having a, a certainty around what success means right like i right. i can get my machine set up but uh i can get my first story set up or done but yeah is that am i supposed to be doing something else like i don't know like Personally, it does feel like progress because, you know, you got things running, you got your first story out the door, but what if there's, there's something part of your role that you're supposed to fulfill that you're not quite sure where to start yet? Yeah. Some companies, they will grade you really harshly or they might form like first opinions or first, per, um, first impressions are really, really important. And that never really goes away, you know? 
So mm-hmm. if you are very, very careful to manage first impressions, then you can you can basically set a lot of relationships off on the right foot. You can start them off on the right foot and, you know, kind of uh, uh, come at it from a point of strength, right? You're hitting the ground running mm-hmm. as opposed to not paying attention to it and risking something like, you know, having a having a peer or a manager or somebody questioning like, oh, hey, you know, it's been a day or two and they haven't uh, they haven't asked about this, that or whatever else. Or have they even gotten the uh, the project running on their local machine? Like, what are they up to? You know, right. And one one thing I will add into that is sometimes your manager might be so busy that they may oversee setting up the meeting, right? This is this is your first in on showing initiative, uh, like to, to Min's point, setting a first impression. Uh, but it also puts the power in your hands to dictate. You know, if if you want these one on ones, keep going. You can dictate the schedule for it, right? Yeah. Um, and sort of start setting bounds and expectations with your manager uh, from the get go. Yeah, I think that that's excellent. I I know that a lot of people want to especially when you're looking at your very first job i know a lot of people want to uh take on that that kind of um that role where you are going to do whatever it is that people tell you to do you know you're like i'm here to learn i am a go-getter you tell me what you want and i will do it and it's not that that's a bad perspective to have it's it's that it also puts you in a reactive mode if you're not careful about how you live that out it puts you in a reactive mode and and it makes it so that you're somebody who's always looking for input prior to acting, right? Mm-hmm. It's You can still be a go-getter. You can still do everything that people want of you and deliver on that, but you can also be in the driver's seat the entire time, you know? Be intentional about what you're go-getting. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> and, and to extend upon that and connect it to... Uh, first expectations. If if you're setting the, this expectation that you're not acting until someone says something, or you'll act on everything that everyone tells you to do, that's going to set you up down the road for literally everyone coming to you <laughs> yeah. to do something that that you know previously they would have had to schedule with someone else to do it. Now now they know they can just go to you, and I think uh, it's important upfront to set those boundaries. So you don't get burnt out, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I, I like thinking about it too as, as setting the pace or for the rules of engagement, you know, like there's, you can start a relationship off being the one that is, uh, you know, always uh, there to handle a lot of these issues when they come up, or you can be the one that sets the rules first and foremost, right? Mm-hmm. Before people yeah. have met you, that's when you have the highest likelihood of being able to set what the, the rules of engagement are going to be. And if you're not paying too much attention to that, sometime down the line, you could realize you're like, man, I really wish that I had spent a little bit more time kind of negotiating this relationship here because it's really, uh, you know, I'm, I'm on the losing end of it a lot. <laughs> right. And it's not to say that you can't reset those boundaries later on. It just gets harder. Right. You know? Um, think literally think about any relationship you've ever had. Once, once you start giving an inch and people keep taking that inch, it's harder to retract. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. 
it's yeah it's the difference between uh getting to set it up front or having to clean up afterwards right <laughs> yeah right um so i'm i'm going to i'm going to take us in a, another direction here um back to you know sort of my thoughts and feelings right now i i am filling a senior engineer role and with that comes a lot of assumptions and anxieties like back to the point of you know i have my my onboarding checklist my first two three weeks of stuff that i i want to get done um there is also the sense of am i doing enough right mm. I'll, I'll be straightforward i have not scheduled that one-on-one -on -one with my manager <laughs> <laughs> thanks for the reminder um but it, it for for me it feels like yes i'm up and running yes i've delivered some work already yes i'm responding and contributing to know, grooming stories, grooming requirements and stuff, but it also feels like there's more expected of me. And that, that is directly tied to not necessarily knowing what the mm -hmm. expectation is. Um, and I don't necessarily know, you know, uh, outside of setting up that one-on-one, -on -one, um, you know, what, what else can someone like me or someone jumping into a, any role do uh, to sort of feel better about how much progress they've already made. Right. And to be honest, like, I, I want to really caution this because it's it's one of those things, um, blind pursuit of doing enough or satisfying that feeling that you're doing enough could be very, very dangerous, right? There There is such a thing as, like, stepping on too many toes, as, uh, you know, just not being very careful with where and who you're interacting with and, and what kind of work you're signing yourself up for, right? Um, without a lot of context around how things are done, you, you could be rubbing a lot of people the wrong way, right? So it's important to, to always be cognizant of that. It's not that you, you won't find yourself in positions where people are always looking for, for uh, you know, go-getters uh, to, to take on more work and take on more responsibility. It's just that be conscious of your, your environment, of your surroundings, you know? Uh, if you're at all unsure, ask, right? Ask if it's okay. Ask um, if, if people feel... Uh, strangely differently, not great about you going out and, and uh, picking up some extra stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, at the end of the day, I think it really does come down to having that conversation, that very intentional conversation with your manager to, to really understand, am I doing everything that you expect me to do? Um, the best part about this too, it doesn't always have to just come from your manager. You can talk to your peers, right? hey, I'm sure I'm not the only new dude that's come along since you've been here. Maybe you are, maybe you aren't. But what have you seen other people doing that you would expect me to be able to take care of, you know? And oftentimes your peers will have things that, that managers aren't necessarily aware of, right? Yeah. And I, I think that's a very important uh, point that you, you brought up to talking to your peers I, I am certainly not the only new person here. And I think there's a level of camaraderie and uh, bonding that happens for people going through the same struggles, right? Yeah. And so building that relationship with the other new hires is a very, very great starting point 
for jumpstarting those relationships. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously you're both setting up everything. You're, you're obviously getting into the swing of things at the same time, maybe not necessarily the same time, but just helping each other out forms a, a great first impression with this person, whether or not you're on the same team as them. Right? Yeah. It's, it's, it gives you a lifeline to say, if I need help, I know this person's helpful. They, yeah. again, they may not be working on the same thing as I am, but I can at least talk to them. Yeah. Um, I, I've had that exact experience, you know, where I went through an onboarding and it was just like a general company wide onboarding. So we had like 10 or so people in the room and only like half of us were actually engineering focused. The others were, you know, completely different things, customer success or sales or, or marketing or whatever. Uh, there was a person that, you know, uh, I had met it during that uh, onboarding session and ran into them later, uh, later in the weeks, later in the days. It's really, really nice to have somebody that you can just be like, hey, yeah, how's your onboarding going? Does it feel like, you know, there's a lot of structure here? You totally lost like me? Like, it's it's good to just have that kindred person to be able to to have that kind of a conversation with, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, one thing I also want to caveat this conversation is that the experience of onboarding and interacting with others is drastically different working from home than it is in the office. Oh, that's I, so, I yeah. really want to call that out because yeah, yeah. With, with the pandemic and how it's just continuing to, to be a, a, a mess, like I, I don't anticipate this going away anytime soon. And yeah. I, I can only imagine that my experience is not the, the only one. Yeah. So I guess like, do you have any pointers for that? Like, what do you even do when you're onboarding from home? Oh man. So, uh, like, like I mentioned, uh, I'm not the only new hire. And so the, the other, the other fella that, that was came on board with me, uh, he started the same day and that same day we decided to hop on a call, like regular onboarding call. We both happen to have a chunk of time after that onboarding call to, it, it was unplanned time. And so we decided, hey, do you want to just stay on the line and chat and get to know each other? I was like, yeah, why not? Because we're going to be working together. So <laughs> you're, you're the other engineer here. So it only makes sense because then, you know, going back to one of our earlier episodes, getting to know that person and understanding their motivations for joining the team removes a level of complexity and and cognitive load and trying to figure out who they are and what they're they're doing right uh building trust with each other from the get-go involves putting time and effort into getting to know them yeah and we chatted for like a good hour and a half some some of it was about our previous work experiences some of it was about what we anticipate is going to happen here some of it was just unrelated to work altogether um but I think, you know, it feels like we got off on a good start. And at this point, uh, I, I know some of his working habits just day, what was it, Friday now? Day five, I know some of his working habits and I know what to expect. Just yeah. just, just from that, that one chat already. Yeah, I love that. And I love the way you put it too. Like building relationships, building trust, having good working relationships with your coworkers, that does take work. It takes intention, you know? And, mm -hmm. and I think like some people, um, 
when they start positions, they're 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 solely so focused on themselves or just on you know whatever's in front of them that they they kind of forget like you have a huge huge opportunity to build the environment you're coming into you know mm-hmm. um kind of coming from the other side it's it's known that you know anytime you add a new developer or add a new person to any team the team dynamic changes it becomes fluid again right all of the norms that you thought were norms they they start to shift mm-hmm. and so just by virtue of you joining a team, there's already some innate understood level of change that's going to happen with the team dynamic. You have a very, very unique opportunity then and only then to affect that environment and shape it to the way that that's going to work best for you. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's these, the conversations that we had in that one and a half hour call, um, you know, I, I would speculate that those conversations probably would have happened in office over the span of I don't know, two different lunch breaks. Like, if, if, <laughs> so if I if I were in office, you know, like odds are the team would invite me out to lunch or something, right? Just just to get to know the team, sort of deal. And the, those conversations are what happens during those lunch breaks. Um, obviously in office with a larger team, you're not going to get as much, uh, information from the team because there's so many of, oh, I don't know how many, but yeah. there, there, there would there's be more. more people there. Right. Yeah. And so the, the intake of information would be a little less per person, but you know, scheduling, uh, one-on-one time, even with your peers, uh, in, within the first two weeks is important just to build those relationships yeah. from the get-go yeah and honestly like we say like you know schedule one-on-ones with your peers it doesn't have to be that formal you know it doesn't have to be a uh, super corporate feeling or anything like that you can just go and get grab a coffee with them right i, I know nowadays that's not exactly a thing but virtual coffee <laughs> yeah you grab a virtual coffee you know um i still enjoy doing that like not early early morning make both of you make a cup of coffee and just hop on a zoom and start chatting you know i still do this with some of my uh some of my friends right we just make a cup of coffee in the morning and then hop on a random zoom just start to start chatting how's it how's it going what's new with you you know that you gotta maintain the human aspects of relationships even online yeah Uh, it's it's so important not just for the relationship but for your own well-being too like we're, we're social beings, mm-hmm. uh, wh- whether or not we admit it, we are social beings. We require validation and interaction with others. Like, yeah, it's so important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, just as a, a fun little thing, I, I always liked thinking that uh, work relationships or, or anything, I don't really know you until I've broken bread with you, you know? So I like sitting down for a meal. I like, you know, going and getting lunch and things like that. Uh, that's been really, really hard to not be able to do that uh, since the pandemic mm-hmm. uh, in any way that you can sort of do that. I, I just feel like that's when you can get to really know people um, outside of just their professional selves, you know? Yeah, I, I judge people based off of the coffee they order. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I don't care. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. So, so, Min, you recently started a new position and it's 
a bit different from engineering yeah managing uh i'm not going to get into the details but what can you what what sort of things can you take from your experience in your new role and sort of compare it to what you've experienced both as an engineer and as a manager yeah you know when i joined management and any any uh, recent engineering jobs that i've started uh i i take very i take a very similar approach to it you know i think it's pretty universal to ask your boss ask your manager what are you expecting from me and really spending your one-on-ones early one-on-ones talking about okay this is what i'm working on this is what i'm going to deliver what else you know what else are you expecting from me because i sort of want to know you know what's my ceiling what mm-hmm. are what are some other things um i've i've kind of learned over the years to also incorporate an element of like this is who i'm talking with this is who i'm also meeting with uh i had a, a i think i mentioned it in the previous episode but you know i had a situation where um i talked to my boss's boss one time and uh and they didn't know that i went and talked to my boss's boss they felt like that was actually a little bit of um, a threatening kind of thing, you know? <laughs> um, it was funny because later in that week, I ended up talking to the CTO as well. So that was like my boss's boss's boss. But, you know. <laughs> Gotta make sure everyone's aligned, right? Right, right. You know, I, I came at it from a perspective of, you know, I just wanted to meet these people and understand and get them to honestly know that I exist. Because right. sometimes you can kind of get lost in, in bigger companies. Um but yeah, so I, I started to kind of incorporate that element. Hey, this is what I'm working on. Uh, these are the things that I'm hoping to have delivered by the end of the week. Does that sound Does that sound good to you? Am I missing anything? Oh, by the way, I'm also meeting with so-and-so from here and there. And these are the conversations that we're talking about uh, just because I want to get to know and understand the business a little bit better, you know? Uh, expectation setting. It's, it's, it's universal. It really, really is. Expectation is, is completely universal and it doesn't matter what role you're ending up in unless I guess maybe you're, you're like a, a, I don't know, a lone night guard at a a facility or something. I don't know. I don't know what kind of situation where that's, uh, um, I'm sure there's expectations there too. Yeah. Right. Just no one's holding you to those expectations. Yeah. So it's just, I, I find it really, really important just to have that uh, that contract established. You know, I will deliver this. You expected me to do this. I am aware of it, and I will work towards it. Um, just those basic things, I, I think, are, uh, they're universal. They apply everywhere. Um, I guess the only other thing that I would kind of mention about this role and how it's been different is like, yeah, this is my first remote role as well and uh kind of asking for different people in different positions you know for me to to meet and talk with sort of exploring what other branches of the company exist what other um departments are are important for me to know about having having kind of a list of those questions ready to go when i do meet with my manager um it's it's again using that time to really understand and get a get an under, uh, a lay of a feel of the lay of the land you know mm-hmm. so here's here's a question for you so i i have my own personal onboarding checklist and you mentioned having questions ready to ask people do you have that list 
on you? Do you generate it like prior to meeting them each time? Or like, it, w would it make sense to maybe have a list of generic questions, not generic, but like pointed questions ready to go no matter which company you're at? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I tend to focus on um, what's expected of me as, as, as the uh, pointed and yet generic, I use it at every place type questions. Uh, it's probably worth putting that into a, a little pay, uh, a little doc and uh, posting that somewhere so folks can reference. Uh, maybe, I maybe we'll include it in the the episode. Yeah, notes. maybe we'll include it in the episode. I, notes. <laughs> I totally just signed you up for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there there are a couple of other things, but I think like the practice that I actually started to uh, get the get into the mode of is preparing for my one on ones. Um, this is. I didn't really realize how valuable this was until I started to really pay attention to um, managing relationships, you know? So when I started to realize how important that was, I, I started to take like the five or 10 minutes right before I have a one-on-one. -on -one. Usually it's convenient because like I have my Google calendars notifications go off 10 minutes before a meeting. That's my cue to start thinking, okay, what am I actually going to bring up and talk about and do stuff like that with i know some managers are even more organized than that and they'll have like a, a running dock of topics mm -hmm. that you can always add to uh during the week or or whatever so that when you jump into the one-on-one -on -one, you can just start right away with the uh, stuff that you wanted to ask those are all really good ways of organizing about it but just taking uh, again being intentional taking a little bit of time um to kind of think through like okay where am I going next? What do I want to know next? Um, that'll make your one-on-ones way more productive. Yeah, and you know that it also uh, puts you in a position of this. This person came prepared, right? Like, yeah. First impressions again. Yeah. Especially you know for me coming into a senior role, it's like I don't want to look like I'm unprepared. <laughs> right. Like, that, that's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it, it's funny. It's like 30 seconds of, of time thinking about it before you jump into the meeting. You you can get one or two things out, you know, a minute, five minutes. Like you mm -hmm. don't have to have prepared really rigorously beforehand, but even just a little bit, a minute before. Yeah, you, you it can change. It can change a, a first impression entirely. Right. Mm -hmm. My my biggest my biggest struggle right now is how do I how do I appear, not appear, <laughs> maybe, how do I appear knowledgeable when I'm the type of personality that just absorbs information, right? Like I, I don't necessarily have questions to spitfire. Like, oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I was hired because I, I know my stuff to a certain extent. Um, but in meetings, I'm still, I'm still absorbing information. Like I don't, I'm not going to ask a bunch of thought-provoking questions yeah right um so that's that's been a struggle for me and but something that i want to you know advise others who who have the same struggle is it's okay you know like there's i i think there's a grace period from when you start no matter how senior you are uh there's a grace period where you can ask the dumbest questions <laughs> that you want because no one's going to expect you to know anything uh and you know you're obviously in a position where you can start um, where where you're not going to be judged for for the questions you ask. You're not going to be judged for uh, you know 
or, or you're not going to be judged for just sitting there and observing information. Like this is a grace period. No one's expecting mm -hmm. you to fully participate quite yet. Yeah. Um, and this is also the period where you can start setting expectations for everyone else too. Uh, that seems to be a running theme here. Yeah. And you know, one of the, one of the techniques, honestly, I, I think, um, I recommend some people do this, uh, find somebody to talk with that you can feel comfortable explaining what, what context you've gained in the next couple of days. If you have to write it out to yourself, mm -hmm. this is just a sanity check and gets your, your brain jogging in the right direction as to like what you're absorbing and what you might not be absorbing. You know, again, it's like taking, uh, taking another element of that, uh, intentionality and writing out, just spending a little bit of time recapping what you've gotten, what you might be still curious about. It, it can, it can provide you a lot of, uh, it can provide you a lot of new things to look forward to in the next week yeah, or yep. to focus and on in the next week. I want to build on top of that too. Uh, knowing that you're probably also not going to be the last hire, start start paving the way for the next person, right? Uh, there there will obvious be obvious gaps that haven't been covered with your onboarding. Fill those gaps in, right? Yeah. And yeah. and you know one of the things I've been doing here is in, in the the lack of an onboarding guide. I've I've come up with my own doc and I've I'm gonna stick it in a wiki somewhere so that way the next person coming in can be like oh this is this is where I start this is how I do X Y Z right yeah. and knowing that you know at some point in the future I'm going to be helping someone onboard it makes it easier for me to have that checklist that I came in with updated with those missing gaps to to facilitate another person's onboarding. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, you know, making the effort upfront such that onboarding for the next person's easier and they can get up and running yeah. faster. And that's not a technical skill. That's not something you had to go through a four year degree or, or online certification to be able mm -hmm. to do. Right. Yep. And you know, it's, it's great too, because you know, with every position you have, you learn something new. Uh, the moment you start a new position, all your old habits and processes are still fresh in your mind. You can take this time to sort of do a comparison and start asking folks, what do you think about us changing this? Or what do you think about us starting something? Right? Uh, it, it, it shows the knowledge that you have and how that can uh, benefit the company that you're coming into. Yeah. In a previous place, I experienced this. I noticed we're suffering from that. Maybe we could try you know, X, mm -hmm. Y, or Z. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think that that's, I, I think that that's awesome. Um, there's going to be a lot of folks probably starting positions. If you're not already, or if you just did, uh, it, it's a very common occurrence, right? Especially in tech, uh, people start new jobs all the time. I think we've mentioned it previously. Um, average tenure in tech is about two years. So you're going to go through this a lot. And, you know, uh, at a high level, it's, it's okay. It's okay to be nervous. It's okay to be uncomfortable for a little bit. Know that you have a lot of capability to define that experience. And even if it takes a little bit of uh, discomfort up front, 
you know, going out of your comfort zone, connecting with some coworkers, talking with some people, telling your manager, managing your manager sometimes. <laughs> uh it is it is for a good reason and it can it can really really positively affect the environment that you end up spending you know weeks months possibly even years within i will go ahead and say that 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 seems like a good starting or ending ending point for this episode uh you know at the end of the day you have the power to define your your own onboarding uh take advantage of the tech you have, whether it's a pen, paper, or uh, a notepad on your computer, uh, write questions down that you can carry uh, to every job you go to. Write down an onboarding checklist that you can go through at every company. Um, at the end of the day, the the process is pretty dang similar. That uh, you know, it it just it sets you up for success from the get go. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and more importantly, you can uh, set up set someone else up for success as well right be the change you want to see in the world (laughs) awesome yeah so that's our episode uh for this week thank you all so much for listening make sure to follow our podcast if you like this stuff on twitter we are at underscore whip podcast yeah that, that sounds about right uh and and we're we're going to ask uh, our, our listeners uh, for for a little bit something extra here. Uh, please review and rate our podcasts everywhere that you see us, so that way those algorithms can pick up. Yeah. Oh, and thank you everybody who supported uh, listening to us so far. We hit a pretty big milestone in the last week. Uh, we we broke a hundred downloads, which is pretty exciting for a project that. We didn't. Uh, we didn't necessarily plan on having it go anywhere. Right. Right. <laughs> and sneak preview for what's coming in the new year. We've we've got some exciting uh, plans plans coming up. Uh, it involves bringing on some guests. Uh, so keep an eye out for that in 2021. Yeah. All right. Thank you, everyone, and have a great day. 